You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. I am so glad that you are here joining us today to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for coming. Uh, I see familiar faces. I see new faces. And, and again, I just want to welcome you and, and, and thank you for coming today. And uh, if you didn't know, God is doing great things. How many of you know that God is doing great things? Yeah, yeah, three people. No, <laughs> no I saw, saw hands everywhere. God is doing great things, right? Around the world, in, the, in our country, in our state of Arizona, reaching the nations, reaching the lost and those that are dying apart from Jesus Christ. And, and God is, is using his saints, brothers and sisters in Christ, using the church to go and share the gospel, the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And God is using you and I, Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, to share the good news of Jesus and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that. I see examples of that every day, and I want to say thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for all the ways that you love God, that you love people, and that you serve the Lord. You know, this summer has been really busy, and I'm thankful for each of you, again, for your love for God, your love for people, and how you seize opportunities to serve and, and to share the gospel, and to make disciples. In all that we do, I want you, brothers and sisters, to know that's why we do what we do. In obedience to God, for God's glory, to further His kingdom, our desire is to join God on mission, right? To make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that Jesus has commanded. And so again, uh, I want you to know Brothers and sisters, God is doing great things. People are coming weekly, wanting to know more about Jesus, wanting to get involved in the ministries that God has allowed us to, to participate in. People want to join the church and be a part of this local body. And I want you to know there are limitless opportunities for us to serve the Lord and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So don't ever, dear brother and sister, don't ever think that you are not important to God's plan, and to God. God has planned things for each one of us to do, and I never want us to forget that. And yet, I also want to take the moment to say thank you, because what a privilege and a joy it is to walk through this life with you and to serve alongside you to the glory of God and for his kingdom. And so, be encouraged, and let's keep going. You know, this week, as Jeffrey mentioned in the video, uh, we celebrate what? We celebrate the 4th of July, right? And we celebrate the 4th of July here in the United States because what does that represent? Right? Freedom, independence. That's the day, right, when the 13 colonies here in the U.S. Uh, declared their independence from Great Britain. Is that, am I correct? Okay, all right. I just want to make sure... That's what we're celebrating. If you didn't know, now you know, okay? Um, but, right, 4th of July, we remember the freedom that we have. And we don't take it for granted. And we realize that that's a blessing from God uh, to be a part of the United States, to live here and to be a citizen and, and uh, to be able to live in freedom. And yet, as we think about freedom, as we think about celebrating the 4th of July, I also want us to remember as, as a church to be reminded of one of the of, of the greatest threat to freedom in our world today. I don't know what you're thinking in your mind, but what I want to remind you of is the threat of sin. Sin kills, it divides, it destroys, sin separates us from God. And because of sin, we know that the consequence is that everything is broken. All of creation is broken because of sin. And one of the ways that uh, our world is broken is the fact that 
us as people are broken. And because people are broken, relationships are broken. And the way that we treat one another is, is broken. People hurting other people is, is one of the challenges and the troubles and the difficulties that we're going to face in this life. And that's why we're concluding this series about talking about stuff that matters with your kids before we go back to studying the Gospel of Mark. I wanted this to be an encouragement to each one of us to go past the surface and and to engage with one another, to care for one another and love one another by talking about things that are important, to show each other and encourage each other with God's truth, God's word, and how it applies so directly and practically and effectively to the things that we go through in this life and how we need God's word and God's truth. And so that specifically applies to what we're talking about today, of how in our broken world we have broken relationships and as broken people we hurt each other. And one of the ways we do that is through bullying. Bullying, I know, was brought into uh, the spotlight years ago, but it's something that's not new in this broken world, is it? Bullying, harassment, even abuse. Bullying and abuse uh, are related, but they're not exactly the same. But Jesus talks about the troubles in this world. Jesus talks about the persecution that we're going to face in this broken world. And it reminds us also of the hope that we have only in him. And I want you to pull out your outline or open your Bibles and, and, and Listen here or look here at John chapter 16, verse 33. Now, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, I praise you. God, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. God, you are almighty, you are perfect, you are sovereign, you are in control of all things at all times, and God, I thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you, God, for giving us life. Thank you, God, uh, for loving us and showing us your love through sending your son, your one and only son, Jesus, to come and to live the perfect life and to die a gruesome death on the cross, to take, pay the price for, for our sins. And to rise from the dead, to conquer sin, to conquer death, so that we might have eternal life with you when we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord. God, I I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for how your word is suitable for, for everything that we need in this life, God. Thank you, God, for how you correct us through your word and how you direct us through your word. And I pray, God, that as we focus in on your word and and we think about some of these specific trials and difficulties that we face, I pray, God, that we would also look to your word and how we can thrive and how we can live and how we can be witnesses of Jesus Christ and live in obedience to your word, even through the difficulties and trials of this life. And so, God, I ask for your help. God, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds to the truth of your word. Help us to be sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. And God, uh, yeah, I just thank you for the great things that you are doing. God, I pray that you would help us to submit to you and depend on you daily. And God, I pray that that you would mold and, and grow our hearts, God, to be more like yours each and every day. And that day by day, we would grow more uh, in seeing things, God, how you see them. And that our hearts, God, would break for the things that break yours. And, and God, that we would be able to, to love like you love us. That we would be courageous and brave, God, in, in sharing the good news of Jesus to a world that is lost and dying. God, help us to never give up or to be discouraged or dissuade, knowing that we have victory in Jesus. And God, our time here is short. And so, God, help us to be faithful. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, I've told you that told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And dear brothers and sisters, today we conclude this series about talking about stuff that matters with your kids. And today we look at the subject of bullying and we see how God would lead us to respond in the face of this type of difficulty. So I want to define bullying, all right? 
And you see that on your outline, bullying. Oh, and before, as you're looking at your outline, you may notice that some of your bulletins say number one through seven. Others of you have numbers eight through 14. And I want to apologize to you. That is my fault. Um, but also, I want to give you assurance. I do not have 14 points to share with you this morning. <laughs> bullying. Bullying is any intimidation and unwanted hurtful or aggressive behavior where a person or a group tries to exert power over someone else. Bullying is someone who is seemingly in a greater position of power exerting their power over someone else in, in a hurtful or unwanted or aggressive way. I also want us to think about abuse. Abuse is cruel and violent treatment of someone else. And before we continue, I just want you to know, before you fall asleep, dear friends, if you are being bullied, if you even think you are being bullied, dear friends, if you think you are being abused or have been abused or bullied, and this is something that is hurtful to you and that is bothering you and affecting you, if you think that, even if you don't think it's affecting you, and something, you feel like you've experienced this before, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody. Talk to a trusted friend. Come and talk with me. Bring it to the light. Not that you have to blast it out to the whole world, but please talk to somebody. If you feel, or if you feel like, dear friend or brother and sister, you know or you think that someone is being abused, I challenge you not to fix everything or try to intervene, but I I challenge you to pray for them, and I challenge you to go and talk to them or talk to somebody to get help. Please, as we talk about bullying today. But I want to share with you, as we go through bullying in this life, we will encounter difficulty with other people, won't we? How many of you have ever had difficulty with another person? If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. All right? All right? I have difficulty. No. Uh, no. I, I don't have difficulty with any of you, right? Uh, no. Actually, this morning, someone called me a donkey. Right? And then the week before that, somebody made fun of me for not working out and not being in better shape. <laughs> so I face it daily from the people I love the most. That's right. And I appreciate it. But no, right? You guys are just evidence of a broken world. You're supposed to laugh. That was a joke. We're all evidence, right? We're all broken. We all make mistakes. Um, But how do we respond? How do we respond as followers of Jesus? How do we respond in light of the truth of God's word? How do we respond as people who have been commanded to love one another, just like Jesus loves us and gave his very life? So that we might have eternal life. You see, as Christians, or you know, we may be seen as easy targets for bullies. In this life, you may be seen or looked at as an easy target for someone to pick on you because they feel like they're better than you or they have power over you. But here's what you need to remember. You need to remember who God is, and you need to remember who you are in Jesus Christ. And we could just stop there and say we're done. Just remember that, guys. Brothers and sisters, dear friend, remember who God is and remember who you are in Jesus Christ. Remember God's word and what he says about you because that's the truth. Don't believe the lies. Remember who God created you to be. So, how do we respond in the face of bullying and harassment? How would God lead us to respond? Number one is this. Recognize the source. Recognize the source of bullying. Well, Pastor Steve, obviously, the the bully is a person that's messed up and has problems. You may be right, but that's not all. The bully is not a real problem. The real problem, the source behind the bully, and the real source is really a force Right? We are in a spiritual battle. We are not in a battle of flesh and bone. But we need to remember that in this broken world, corrupted by sin, people set apart that are separated from Jesus Christ, people that are, have not been set free from sin, right? They are also being led to evil 
And see, we need to remember that we are in this spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Right? The Apostle Paul tells us, reminds us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What does this mean for us? If you think that anyone is harassing you or bullying you, get away from me, Satan. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to point to anyone over here. No, that's not what we're saying here. That's not what it means. But just to remember what's behind broken people, right? We're separate as broken people, uh, unforgiven of our sin, right? Not regenerated, not converted uh, by the grace of God, by faith in Jesus Christ, right? We're left just being tossed and turned and led by the evil, the evil one and the evil ways of this world. And so, right, it's a spiritual battle. The bully is being used. We're not fighting against human beings, We're fighting against spiritual wicked forces. Satan can use anybody in any way if they don't know the Lord, if they haven't submitted to Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Jesus, because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. They haven't been changed from the inside out. You see, Satan's goal would be to kill us, wouldn't it? Satan's goal would be to hurt God, but we all know that he cannot. Satan is a weakling compared to God. Satan is powerless compared to God. And so what does he try to do? He tries to get to us, the children of God. He tries to distract us and and deceive us. And to cause us to, to reject God, to question God, to turn away from God. What's one of the best ways to hurt a parent? Anyone know? Hurt their children. You see, Satan is prowling, right? And if he can get to the children of God, then he feels like he could somehow hurt God. But we know that Satan has no power over us in Jesus Christ. We need to recognize the source of the bully, the source of bullying. It's a spiritual battle. And number two, This is the second key to dealing with harassment or bullying. We need to remember who we are. Remember who you are. What is your identity? Right? I know oftentimes, right, we we share and we have this prescripted, this prescripted response when people ask us, you know, tell me about yourself. What would be the first things that you share about when someone says, tell me about who you are? Well, I work for. And, you know, I came from, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. I went to Arizona State University. I graduated with a degree in, and now I work, I've been working for 20 years. Remember who you are. You are not your job. You are not your career. You are one who has been created in the image of God. You are one who has been planned for. You are one who Jesus died for. You're one who is created for eternity. You're not just an engineer. You're not just an accountant. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a, 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 a customer service representative. You're a representative of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Never forget that. You're a son and a daughter of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are part of God's family. You are created in Him and for Him and by Him. God loves you. He made you for a purpose. He planned for every single moment of your life. And you and I need to remember who we are in Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You, dear children, by faith, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven of our sins and we have been adopted into the family of God. We have been made new. We have been regenerated. We have been changed from the inside out by the Holy Spirit of God when we put our faith in Jesus. And so no longer are we sinners, but we've been changed. We are no longer sinners in Jesus Christ, but we are saints. Remember who you are. Why is this important? Why is it important to know who you are? Because, right, the enemy and people led by the enemy of this world, 
right? That spiritual battle. People will do anything, right? If they smell or, or sense that we are weakness, they will do anything if they sense that we are unsure about who we are or about what the purpose or the plan for, for this life is. But we as Christians, we know that God tells us all about it, all about who He is and who we are in His Word. Dear children, you are from God. And the one, you have overcome them, and the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You know, and we started this whole series with a message about our identity in Jesus Christ. Why do you think we started with a message about who we are in Jesus? Because it's foundational. Because think about it. What if you think about your whole life, all you're created to do is amass enough money so that you can be financially secure and safe in your retirement? What if that is what you thought life is all about? Then you would live your whole life just to amass enough money so that you think you can feel safe and not run out of money. But I will tell you this, right? And we all know this. Anything that's from this world and anything that we could possibly amass or collect or earn in this world can all be gone in a second. And if your hope is placed in anything of this world, then you are really hopeless. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Young people, our only hope is in Jesus Christ. You may feel confident because you have money. You may feel confident because everyone says they like you. You may feel confident because you got 10 promotions and now you're the, you're the owner or you're the manager. You may feel confident because of this or that. But may your confidence be only in Jesus Christ. May your confidence only be in what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And I want you to know, never believe and never prioritize what other people say about you. Remember who you are. Third, what happens when you face that bully or you face that harassment or you face that criticism? Refuse to retaliate. I know it's common in our world today. You need to stand up for yourself. And if anyone comes at you and they're trying to hurt you, you need to be ready to fight. Remember our battle. Is our battle with flesh and bone? No. Our battle is a spiritual battle. And what is our weapon? Is our weapon our, our fists? Our weapon is the word of God. So in the face of trials and tribulations, in the face of persecution, in the face of bullying, refuse to retaliate. What does that mean? Or refuse to seek revenge. Refuse to pay evil with evil. How common is that, though, in our culture today? Oh, yeah, they did that to you? Go. You have every right to do, get back at them. They deserve the harm that came to them because of what they did to you. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Wow. I think, uh, you know, as I, I, I've studied this passage, and I used to, when I first read this passage, you know, years ago, right, uh, I used to think, great, I can hurt people by being nice to them. It's like dumping burning coals on their head to burn them. But we must refuse to repay evil with evil. Remember that, dear brother and sister. This is the way 
that our Lord and Savior has instructed us and commanded us to respond in the face of persecution, in the face of even our enemies. If we consider someone our enemy in this world, this is how we have been called and commanded to treat them, to look at them, to love them, and to respond to them. Even our enemy, if they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. But but brothers and sisters, do not misunderstand this. If you are being bullied, if you are being even abused, remember those are separate things, but they can become the same thing. But if you are being abused, this is not a verse where God is saying, keep on being abused, keep on being bullied. It's okay, just let it go. That is not what God's word is saying or what God is telling us today. Again, if you are being abused, if you are being constantly bullied, you need to talk to someone, tell someone today, now. And let's walk through it together and let's deal with it together. It is not okay. And yet at the same time, it's not okay for us, dear church, brothers and sisters, to be the abuser or the bullier. Never take revenge. Never take revenge, but instead, let God do it. Isn't that a great assurance, dear brothers and sisters? Even though it shouldn't be our main priority in treating people with kindness, but what does God tell us here? I'm going to repay evil people for the evil that they have done. Leave revenge to God. You are not created to take revenge against the people that have hurt you. Now, it does say as much as it is possible. And I want you to know, right, God tells us that sometimes it's not going to be possible for us to have a, a good relationship together. And sometimes we need to come to that reality that it's just not going to happen. And I'm not pointing to anyone in, in particular, but I, I use this gesture as a relationship that you might have with someone Sometimes it's just not going to be a good relationship. And it's because of this brokenness and it's because of sin that this happens. But as far as it's dependent on you, as far as it is possible, and and you and I, we need to exhaust every option to be at peace with one another. But we need to understand that as we desire peace and we desire to love and reconcile, we just need to understand that the other person may not be willing and may, and may not want to. Refuse to retaliate. What should we do instead? The fourth thing, we should respond positively. This requires faith. This requires the power and the equipping of the Holy Spirit It requires faith to respond positively when you have been treated negatively, isn't it? How do we do it? Let's look at a couple examples from God's Word. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, That resonates, you know, uh, verses 17 through 19, but overcome evil with good. This is what I mean by being positive. I'm not saying ignore what's going on. I'm not saying feel good about what's going on. But respond in a way that is good. Respond with righteousness. Respond with the love of Jesus Christ. You don't overcome evil with more evil. You don't fight darkness with more darkness. You fight darkness with light. You fight hatred with love. You fight unkindness with kindness. You don't overcome evil. You don't overcome by evil. But you overcome evil with good. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Uh, I, whenever I read these passages, these commands of Jesus about how to love my enemy, it hits to my core because I have so much trouble even just loving my own brothers and sisters. Uh, I have trouble loving even my own biological family every day. But yet Jesus says to love even my enemy and to pray for those who are my enemy and those that persecute me. Brothers and sisters, 
We need to take this to heart. We need to understand the command to love others and to love our enemy and to love them like Jesus Christ. Is it easy? No. Is it unusual? Yes, in this world. Is it a choice? Yes. Is it your choice? I pray that it is. In the face of harassment, of difficulty, in the face uh, of hurtful language, in the face of bullies, we must choose to do what is good and to do what is right and to do and to follow and be obedient to the commands of Jesus. And I want to encourage you in this. The more that you choose to follow Jesus and the more that you live in obedience to Jesus, the more that you will be persecuted. I know that that's not comforting, but I want you to know that. The more that we face difficulty, that might be a sign that we are following Jesus. And I know there are some that are in the habit of teaching that any difficulty that you face in this life is a, is a result of your sin and is a result of something wrong that you did, or as a result of not having enough faith, but I want you to tell you that that's not from God's word. If anything, Jesus says, if you follow me, people will hate you. If you follow me, you're going to face hard times. Why would anyone want to follow Jesus? Because he's worth it. Because there's a prize. Because this life is so short. And yes, the world is broken and messed up. And in this world, we're going to find trials and troubles and hurts and failures. Yet there will be a day when Jesus comes back. There will be a day when we see Jesus face to face. And there will be no more sin and no more brokenness. And no more sadness and no more sickness. Where things will be perfect when we're with Jesus. There is hope only in Jesus. How can we be and act in a way that is in obedience and in alignment with God's word? How do we do this? How do we act positively? Well, number five, we refocus on the word of God. We need to refocus on what God says. We need to block out all the messages that we're being bombarded with by our friends, by Google, by all the artificial intelligence, they don't have all the answers. Do you know what artificial intelligence does? It just regurgitates the things that the world says already. It may help you with one plus one. It may help you to learn about a new topic. But artificial intelligence is not going to be able to 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 fix the brokenness of this world because of sin. We need to refocus on what God says. Refocus on what God says. And what does this mean? It means that as you face and go through these difficulties, look at what God says. Instead of running away from God, instead of running away from the church or your brothers and sisters in Christ, run to God. Run to one another. Run to God's word. Look to, for counsel in His truth. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and God rests on you. What does that mean? When you refocus on God's word, if you just look at this word from God, it means that God is with you and that God is evident in your life when you are insulted because of Jesus, because of the name of Jesus. Now, if we are going around being bullies in this life and not representing Christ, let us not take this as an encouragement. Like if I, Pastor Steve, and I'm just a jerk to all of you, and I say, well, yeah, look at the church hates me. They call me a donkey and they tell me I'm fat because <laughs> they're just persecuting me because all the great things that I'm doing, treating them as jerks. No. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Know that God is with you. When you look at his word, 
If you're ever troubled in this life, if you're going through a stressful situation, if you're unsure about God's purpose for you or the direction in your life, look to God's word, dear friend, because in God's word, you will find help. In God's word, you'll find direction. And in Jesus Christ, you will find help and you will find healing and you will find hope. This passage says that when I'm harassed for being a Christian, it means that God's spirit can be seen and is evident in my life. Let me tell you another thing it means. Look at Acts chapter 5, verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name of Jesus Christ. The apostles left those religious leaders and the trial rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering. Because do you know what happened to the disciples? They were all killed. Do you know what happened to the disciples as to the disciples as they followed Jesus? They were persecuted. They were hated. They were despised. And yet what did they do? They rejoiced. Because they have been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. For their desire was not to receive accolades from the world. Their desire was was to point to the glory of God. Their desire was to be obedient to Jesus Christ, their Lord. So, refocus on what God says. Know that God is with you and know that God will bless you. Does blessing always mean comfort and safety? No. No. Being blessed by God doesn't mean you're always going to feel comfortable or always mean that you're going to have, be safe in this world. But what it does mean is to know that ultimately God has blessed you and that there will be comfort and you are always safe in his presence. And he made a way for you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Brothers and sisters, remember who you are. Remember who God is. Remember that God is with you. Remember what it means that, that God, Jesus saved you and he's preparing a place for you and he's coming back for you. And that one day when you leave this earth, when, when your body passes away, you will be fully aware and in the presence of God. So how can we maintain this eternal perspective? Number six, we need to remember that reward. Remember your reward One of the most beautiful passages in God's Word is the Sermon on the Mount. It's called the Beatitudes. And here Jesus shares these eight characteristics of those who are blessed. Eight characteristics of the blessed life. And look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Brothers and sisters, I've already said that, right? As we follow Jesus, we will be persecuted. But I want us to think and to be honest here. We don't need to go out and look for trouble. Please, don't go out and look for trouble in this life. But I... I want us to consider as as followers of Jesus, as Christians, if we have not ever, or if we do not experience any persecution or suffering in this world because for following Jesus, then we need to consider how it is that we are following Jesus. If you are not facing some kind of hardship because of your faith or because of your, your witness of Jesus Christ, then we need to consider how it is that we are following Jesus. 
because it is uh, tempting in our world today to do only what is comfortable and only what we feel is safe. And in turn, if you're talking about being a follower of Jesus, oftentimes being safe and comfortable means disobeying God and not telling other people about Jesus. Because then we will feel safe and we will feel comfortable. Feeling comfortable and safe means not forgiving my brother or sister. Feeling comfortable and safe means not having a difficult conversation. Feeling comfortable and safe means isolating myself or separating myself so I don't have to deal with those difficult people over there because that's what's comfortable and that's what's safe. Romans 8.17 Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Do you see what this means? Do you see what God is saying? You and I, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to share in God's glory for eternity. You're going to share God's glory in heaven forever and ever and ever because what? Because you chose to trust Him and follow Him. You chose for Jesus to be your Lord, the Lord of your life, your Master, your King. And that means that what comes with it is, yeah, there's great joy. There is great blessing. But yet there is also great suffering. There is also great sacrifice. You see, as God allows us to go through suffering in this life, you need to know that he's also working in you and through you. That in you, he's growing your faith. He's helping to grow you in maturity to be more like him. He's teaching you to be a man or a woman of integrity, of humility, of generosity, of love. He's conforming you to his image. Lastly, we need to choose to remain faithful. We need to choose to remain faithful. Faithful to God. Not faithful to what you've always done. I'm tempted to do what I've always done and what is familiar and comfortable to me, thinking that that's the best way and the only way. But we need to remain faithful to the Word of God, to the person of God, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, choose to remain faithful to God. Faithfully live out His commands and His Word. Prioritize His Word and His commands. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus. Worship God with everything, not just on Sunday. Remain faithful. Keep doing the right thing. No, people will not always pat you on the back. You will not always be noticed for obeying Jesus. You will not be uh, noticed for being humble. You will not be noticed for forgiving someone or being an example of Jesus Christ in caring about the relationship that the other person doesn't care about. You will not be acknowledged. But God knows. God knows. And God cares. You may not be popular. You may even lose your job. You may even lose your status if you choose to follow Jesus and obey Him. You very well might lose those things. But it's worth it. You know, I learned a long time ago that that people will laugh at you. They'll make fun of you. They'll criticize you. But they cannot stop you. And they cannot make you or determine what you believe. They cannot determine what choices you make. Look at First Peter chapter 4, verse 19. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do Continue to do good. Commit yourselves to God. You know, as we're living out God's will, you will encounter suffering. 
Not everyone's going to enjoy your Sunday, your Bible study. Not everyone's going to enjoy your sermon and say, wow, you're an amazing preacher. Not everyone's going to say, wow, you're such a loving person. You're so nice and caring. Even though you may be, God knows. God may call you. God may be leading you right now into a season of suffering. Maybe a season of pain or of loss right now. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, choose to be faithful. Choose to to stand firm upon his word, upon his promises, and know that his promises are true. Now, when most of the world will choose anger and selfishness during times of difficulty, my brothers and my sisters, may you choose faithfulness to God in the midst of difficult times. Through failure, through disappointment, through criticism, through bullying, whatever it may be. And I want to end with this one. This passage here as the worship team comes up. Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 38. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, he's talking about now, not just talking about thousands of years ago. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Brothers and sisters, God is looking for men and women of courage, men and women of humility, men and women that aren't afraid to publicly follow Jesus Christ, to stand up for truth, but to to be examples of love and of grace, but also of boldness and courage. To be examples of Jesus in this world that is broken, lost, and dying, separated from their Savior, separated from God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, let's talk about things that are important. Let's not settle for the the bullying. Let's not settle for the gossip. Let's not settle for the hurtful attitudes and comments that we have for one another. Let's let's repent and let's turn to God. And let's, let's, let's let go of all the sin that we hold on to. And let's allow God to change us from the inside out. Let us be light amidst the darkness. Let us be ministers of reconciliation, helping people to reconcile with God by putting their faith in Jesus Christ, helping be be peacemakers with one another. Let's talk to each other. Let's forgive each other. Let's love actually. Let's be willing to sacrifice for the benefit of one another. Let's not just put on a show, but let's be the people of God. Let's be the family of God that is able to rejoice with each other, that is also able to cry with one another and and pick each other up and build up one another and bear with each other. And let's get out of our own silos and let's walk together on mission with God for His kingdom, for His glory. Let's do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you. God, thank you for in your word, uh, we find so much wisdom. We find so much help and guidance. And God, I thank you for reminding us of who we are and who you are and how you've called us to respond in the midst of difficulty. And I pray, God, that if we want to be victorious in this life full of brokenness, we know that the first step is first acknowledging Jesus as our Lord and Savior, recognizing that we need forgiveness of our sin. And I pray for my friend right now. If there's anyone here who has yet to put their trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that right now they would just say it. They would just say it out loud. They would say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect. But I also know that you came and you died for me on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And Jesus, I thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and I want to follow you all the way to heaven. And I know that, that, Jesus, I'm not perfect, but I know that you've forgiven me and I want to live your way and not mine. And God, I pray that if there's a friend that just confessed that right now, that they would know that their sins are forgiven, that they would know that Jesus has come to be with them and dwell in them. Your Holy Spirit is in them and has changed them. 
And now they have newness of life in you. And God, I also pray for my brothers and my sisters. God, I pray that, yes, we talked about bullying today. But God, I pray that you would lead us to take whatever it is that step of obedience is right now today. It doesn't mean we have to come up to the front during invitation time, God, but we know that what it means when you speak to us and when, we, when you command us, God, we have a choice to make. And, and so, God, I ask that you would lead each one of us to take that choice and to take that step of obedience and of trust, to trust you and obey you specifically in whatever it is that that looks like. Maybe we need to give something up. Maybe we need to start something new. Maybe we need to go to somebody today and, and have that conversation. Maybe we need to ask for forgiveness. Whatever it may be, God, I pray that we would take that next step. And God, that we would walk alongside one another and know and not be ashamed of our sin, but know that you've forgiven us of our sin and that in you, Jesus Christ, there is no more condemnation. And therefore, as people who are broken and messed up sinners, we are now in Jesus Christ's saints and we don't have to hide from each other. We can walk with each other because of you. And so God, I thank you and I praise you and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you rise? We're gonna sing this song and this is always a time where we respond to God. We wanna give you an opportunity to respond to what God is leading you to do, that next step that God is leading you to take. And if you, dear friend, if you just put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I want to encourage you to come and share that with me so that I can pray with you. And uh, if you just want to come up, my dear brother and sister, if you want to pray and talk to God, if you want to come and share what that next step is with me so that I can encourage you, I invite you to come as we sing this song. Would you come? If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.